all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's a gleam, man. It's a gleam. Anybody it's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey everyone, welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am Andy Lytle, and as always, I am joined by my friend, co-host, NFL draft analyst for the OBR, Mr. Stephen Thomas. Stephen, what's going on, brother? Uh, good to be back with you. I know you've been busy. You were in Cleveland for the game. Yeah, Boinka and I missed you. Uh, just in case there's anybody new, uh, this is Boinka the Tiki. Is very bad. <laughs> Steel Boinka's rum is very bad. I just always like to remind people. That very, very bad. Is uh, thinking about stealing his rum. We missed you last week. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you got there. You got a win. Um, and so uh, you are allowed to go back. It was a little dicey in the first half whether you it and was. Cody were going to be allowed to go to any more games, but they pulled it out. So <laughs> as of now, you're allowed to go back to more games. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. And thanks to you guys and everyone else at the OBR for uh, covering for me as I was away. Um, I'm gonna I'm back tonight. I'm I'm gonna go on another hiatus, sadly. Um, and you guys are gonna have to cover for me again. I appreciate you guys. It's just. I know I can count on this awesome team we have at the OBR. we got a really cool thing going with this Twitch, and uh, I'm actually moving across the country on Sunday, so I'm heading for Lexington, Kentucky. I'm hitting the road uh, pretty much after the Browns game gets over here in Vegas. And um, I'll be this will be my last show until probably October 5th, so I'll, this will be a longer hiatus. But once I'm settled in Lexington – uh i'll be good to go and i'll be here three nights three days three shows a week and i can't wait to uh get back in the swing of things and join and keep following this awesome season that i think we all are anticipating here yeah absolutely uh, uh you do what you got to do it's an awesome opportunity for you we'll hold down the fort when you come back you come back and hopefully the browns will be like three and one by then quickly yeah uh, shout out to uh, uh alt 95ness once again uh, it seems like every night uh, 95ness is uh, gifting five subscriptions. Uh, and just, I see people, it's ticket, not yeah. ticket. No, not plural. It's regular tickets. Yes. Uh, why don't you tickets. go ahead and, and explain what's going on tonight and how to enter because that's what a lot of people are super interested in doing right now. Sure. So, guys, we are giving away two sets of tickets tonight uh, at the 845 Eastern hour. We're going to be giving away tickets to this week's game at First Energy Stadium against the Chicago Bears. And also, the, we're going to be giving away tickets for the road game against the Vikings. So, but to enter, you have to use the command ticket. That's exclamation point ticket. That'll get you in. If you're not sure if the, if the entry got in, try it a second time. If it gives you an error message that you have too many tickets, that means you're in. I see y'all going. Look at look at all you guys. What's up? We got Jim, Sparky. What's going on, everyone? Shruni. There you go, guys. Ticket. Exclamation point ticket. And that'll get you entered. We're going to draw those back-to-back at 8.45 tonight. 
Uh, we have a packed show tonight. You want to you want to tell the folks of uh, the guests we got coming on tonight? And just real quick, too, uh, for those of you, uh, well, first, here is you, if you do, if you get this, that means you're entered because you can only Correct. enter once. So when you get an error ticket like this, it doesn't mean you're not entered. It means you're already entered. You can only enter one time. So if you try to if you put in ticket and and uh, you get this back, fail to enter, give away too many tickets. It means you're good. You're set. You're all. You're ready to go. And for the five of you, where are you up here uh, that uh, were gifted uh, subscriptions? Uh, Tiny, uh, Mabian, Landyman, Blenny Baller, uh, Arfelice99, and, and Jeff Frauer, you guys just got gifted some tickets. And uh, I probably butchered all of those, but at least you're not Boinka. Um, you were just gifted subscription. It, you do not have to be subscribed to win these tickets that we're giving away, but it does increase your odds. It's done there's a Twitch bot that chooses it, uses an algorithm, and it does give subscribers a little bit more of a chance. It raises your percentage, uh, but it is absolutely not required to do that. But those five of you who are just gifted subscriptions, your chances just went up a little bit. But we do have a packed show tonight, of course. Uh, yes. The legend himself, uh, Fred Greetham, will be here before too long. Uh, he was down in Berea today. As the Browns got back to work this week, he'll tell us what he, what he saw, what he heard. Uh, what he thinks about stuff. And then coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, Aaron Lemming from CBS Sports. He, he's one of the Bears writers for a couple of sites on the CBS Sports Network. He will be here uh, to talk about the Bears uh, as they prepare to invade First Energy Stadium this Sunday. Of course, the big topic will likely be Justin Fields, but he'll talk about the entire Bears squad with us. So we're looking forward to that. If you have questions uh, about the Bears in specific, what do they do well? What do they not do well? What does he think of the team? All that kind of stuff. Pop them in the chat. And we will certainly shoot them to Aaron uh, at, when he gets here at 8 o'clock. Um, uh, also, um, we have just a quick update. We are now over 1,300 followers on the Twitch channel. And we are over 500, I think approaching 600 now, uh, subscribers. So you guys are fantastic. You are amazing. The growth is exponentially better than anyone could have possibly expected. And it's all because of you, uh, the OBR community, and Browns fans that they are. Absolutely. And do we get to pick the game? So how we're going to do this? Good question by my friend Derek Sparks there. What's up, Sparky? Um, it's pretty. We're, we're going to draw. I say we, we'll draw the Bears game first, and then whoever wins that gets it. And then we're going to draw the Vikings game second. And I'll be able to draw. Oh, man, I think we got some more gifted subs there. OG Philly <laughs> once again. OG Philly coming in with the five gifted subs, it looks OG like. OG Philly has gifted probably 50 or more subscriptions since the end of the Chiefs game. You're fantastic, Scott. Thank you so much for always being here and always being so active. And again, you five folks that just got your uh, gifted subscriptions, your chances to win those tickets just went up because of OG Philly. So uh, give them a big thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And Daddy for Porter, thank you for the 100 bits. Uh, P. Sid, thank you for that. Oh, wait, you subscribed? I thought I saw a follow in there. Oh, yeah, P. Zock, too. Thank you very much for that follow as well, friend. Appreciate you guys. You guys rock. We have a, oh, my goodness, we have a level two, level one hype train, it looks like. Level three hype train rolling right now. Choo-choo or long. Thank you guys very much. Um, we're waiting on Fred Greetham. He's going to join us here uh, momentarily here pretty soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went to the game. I tell you, it was a blast. Uh, my dad and I flew out from Vegas. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to tailgate in the pit. I'd uh, never tailgated in the pit before, and that was an absolute blast. I uh, ate some good food and had a couple adult beverages. And, uh, yeah, man, I was uh, it was kind of a weird game. 
uh, it was a little frustrating in spots. Uh, is that kind of how you felt? It was a little frustrated there in the first half a little bit? Well, I think everybody was just – we were so hyped up after the Chiefs game because yeah. of how well they played in Kansas City. We figured if they come out and play that same level, they're going to wipe this team off the face of the earth, and they didn't. They came out a little flat. I mean, we've talked about it several nights in a row. Yeah. They Honestly, you know, uh, there were some impressive stats. If you just look at the box score and everything, and they won the game by 10, and really in the end, that's the only thing that matters. And if you can play a C to C minus game and still win by 10 in the NFL, that speaks volumes <laughs> to the level of they, talent on your team. But they might have some talent, Steve. <laughs> the fact remains, they really didn't play all. They were flat. They didn't. Uh, they really they didn't. didn't play their game. Uh, but they got a W, and that's the most yeah. important thing. Uh, speaking of the man who always plays his game, uh, the legend is here with us now. Uh, let's go ahead and bring him in, the one and only Fred Greetham. Uh, welcome, Fred. Thanks for coming on with us again tonight. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Hey, Fred. Good to welcome be here. In. Uh, as we always do, as we always say every night, I'll have some questions. Andy will have questions. There's already a few questions in the chat, but floor is yours. What did you hear today? What did you see? What do you know? What can you tell us? Well, you know, the big news, obviously, everybody wanted to know about OBJ last week. Stefanski took it off the table that he was going to play immediately, declared him out. Um, he didn't say, he didn't declare he's going to play, but he left the door open. Everything obviously points to that, that he's going to play. Um, I posted a video on Twitter of him, you know, running full speed route with Mayfield, you know, hitting him, connecting. And he was declared full go. We asked Stefanski if he had been full go up to this time, and he said he'd have to double check. So he probably hasn't. He probably still hasn't been hit. But I think it's all points, you know, are I would be – it would be, in my opinion, it'd be a, it'd be a major um, upset if he didn't play. Um, I think at this point it would be if he, if Beckham's from his side says he doesn't, he's, he's not ready to play. Cause I think Stefanski would not have said he's full go and, and all that, it, you know, he's going to practice, going to be full go, make sure everything's in order. But I saw him with a little more pep in his step before practice getting loosened up. He was kind of jumping all around and, you know, more so than usual, jumping to the music. And and so I think he's he's ramped up, ready to go. It's a good timing with Jarvis going down. Um, they need they need some experience. And the other factor that I would say why he would be playing is that if he's not playing, you really need to get people's Jones, Schwartz, Higgins ready because without Landry and Beckham, you really have you have some good receivers, but they're young yeah. and and they're going to need all the work and practice they can get this week in the game plan, you know, against a good Bears defense. So I expect, you know, unless there's a setback, him to be ready to play. There were um, injury situation. There, again, there was three offensive linemen, again, not practicing today. Uh, the usual suspect, J.C. Treader who's not a problem, but Hubbard still was not on the field with that tricep. Jedrick Wills did not practice, but 
Stefanski said he did expect him to practice before the week's out. So I would read that as that he's probably going to play or able to play. He said he was no worse for wear for playing in the game last week. A lot of people might have thought he re-aggravated the ankle. But he said, no, it just stiffened up. And and I think it was also a chance to get a look at Hans at tackle. So three guys out, but I think Treader um, has a good chance of playing. Well, he'll play, and I think Wells has a good chance of playing. The other one was Sion Takitaki. Now you have two of your three starting linebackers with hamstring injuries. Of course, Walker's out with the on injury reserve. Taki Taki, saw him walking around a little, but um, when coach called him week to week, I would think that he might sit this one out because Landry was called week to week before he was put on IR. So they might think Taki Taki's a one or two week situation. I don't know, but he didn't practice today. So that's the injury update. Um, they were inside. It, it rained all day in Berea, Ohio, you know, it flood type thing. So um, watch practice indoors where they're a little constricted and so forth with that. But again, we don't get to see a whole lot. They run us out. I did see that Baker, we talked to him, but when he yeah. was out there doing individual drills, he was kind of I wouldn't say favoring, but keeping making sure his left shoulder wasn't anywhere near somebody when he was handing the ball off. Um, I don't know if he has a brace on. He didn't say when disclosed. He said he was fine. He did talk about having a physiotherapist that that he works with pretty much exclusively away from the facility, and he feels he's in fine shape. He was throwing well. Um but I did see him slightly favor. And I had um, a subluxation, I think's the word. I had a shoulder dislocate and pop back in. Um, never been the same for me. I mean, that was in high school and it's all arthritic and all. I never had yeah. surgery or anything, but it, it dislocated frequently after those uh, muscles are stretched out. I mean, so I the only option back in my day was a harness. I don't know if he's doing anything or, or, or what, but he's, he's good to go. Um, he was full practice today on the injury report was listed. I guess the big news on the bears is Justin Fields, former Buckeyes going to start. I might take a different view than a lot of people. A lot of people want to see the rookie. I didn't really want to see the rookie because I'm I'm doing a story. I'll write it. It'll come out tomorrow on the Browns got to figure out how to stop mobile quarterbacks. I mean, yes. I'm not so sure they would have won that game if Tyrod Taylor plays in the second half. I mean, and Patrick Mahomes, um, they both did enough to keep the chains moving, keep the third down going. Browns have not solved that yet. We all talked about it all offseason. You had to believe part of the plan to get JOK was for that kind of situation. You know, maybe I'm not the X and an O guy that Jake is, but it seems like there's 11 on offense, 11 on defense. Couldn't you make it real simple and say, hey, you see number eight out there, or, you know, if it's Lamar Jackson, 
your job is just to mirror him and do not let him take off running. I don't care if he does anything else and you just make sure he doesn't take off running. I would think they, they ought to be able to come up with some type of thing to try to keep that quarterback from running. And, and I just have to feel that fields is going to, you know, default to running when he, when he sees a coverage, he doesn't know what to do. He's going to take off mm-hmm. besides the packages they've been running with him. So he's more of a, a running quarterback than the other two. So you know, that that's a big, big news item there. And he's going to have all week getting all the reps. So he's going to, you know, have more, you know, comfort, more offense than what the packages they've been doing. The Browns, you know, obviously will be able to put their preparation on him, but they got to figure out how to slow him down and make him throw the ball. Their offensive line in my, is my understanding is a little leaky and this would be the chance for your your guys that haven't done it up front to, to get off the schneid and get going and put the pressure on, but keep in the lane to keep him in the pocket. Yep. And that kind of segues, we got a question here, and it kind of segues what you were talking about, about the Browns defense inability to, to stop running quarterbacks. It has been a problem um, pretty much since Joe Woods took over. And I'm, I'm in no way or shape or form trying to run Joe Woods out of town at all. But I think there is this kind of consensus out there, even with some of our analysts here at the OBR, that the defense they are running is, is, is at times is very vanilla. Uh, not a lot of creativity, not a lot of things to confuse the quarterback. So here's a question from OG Philly. Uh, has there been anyone, including yourself, that has asked Stefanski at these press conferences about the defensive adjustments or anything about the defensive scheme at all? Well, I was the first question on the defensive side on Monday when we talked to Stefanski. I was kind of surprised. I think I had about the ninth or tenth question. The first nine were about offense. I asked him about the pass rush or lack of it. You know what? What is you know, what are you going to do about it? And they just, you know, kind of a coach answer of we got to evaluate and we got to all work together and all do our assignments, which is obviously true. Um, there's been questions about it. I mean, we do talk to Joe Woods tomorrow. Um, the, you know, the coaches just aren't, you know, they're not going to elaborate on anything, you know, game specific and it's more of what went wrong. And, and, um, you know, today, uh, Stefanski was asked about fields and what he presents, you know, as running and mobile. And, and he said, yes, we, you know, he didn't, he was just very vague, but, but talking about, he is, he is very talented, very dynamic with his legs. And we have to do a better job, especially on third down of cutting down the, 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 the lanes, the running lanes and, and keep them, you know, in the pocket. So he can't, get outside or can't go through the lanes. You know, some of the runs have been between the tackles, you know, escaping up the middle. And uh, so the long answer is, yeah, we've asked about it. We haven't got a lot of explanation, but I, I think that, you know, what we would like and what maybe the coaches think, I would think that with a rookie, you would put together some schemes this week, specifically to try to really confuse him. Um, I know I get the idea that 
Woods doesn't want to be too aggressive with some of the young guys out there like JOK or Delpit because he doesn't want them to blow an assignment and, and it turns into an easy touchdown. But I think last week you saw the only sack was what at the end of the game when you sent Delpit. I think the big silver lining and in, in, uh, on the defense is I think he's ready to to have a big role and and I think he can really be an impact player on that defense and you just need to put him in positions you know to do what he did last week be be all over the place and attacking the quarterback and do the same thing with JOK I'd like to see more blitzes mis- mixing it up and really trying you know to confuse Justin Fields give him different looks and if you got an offensive line that's a little banged up boy Clowney, McKinley, Malik Jackson, Miles, you got to get to the quarterback. You got to you got to stay in your lanes, but you got to put pressure and make him get rid of the ball before he wants to. Now I'm not comparing him other than he's from Ohio State, but what they did to Haskins last year, Haskins looked like a rookie, you know, he looked terrible yeah. against the Browns. And they need to, you know, alter fields and not let him get comfortable from the get-go just make him uncomfortable all day you know make him on his heels and i and i know he'll throw the ball into the wrong team's hands if they make him throw the ball before he wants to well that's the thing with uh with pretty much any rookie uh you want to try to make them speed up their process because the game's just too fast and now justin fields is He's extremely mobile. We know that, but that's not the only thing he does. Anybody who studied his tape at Ohio, Ohio State's passing concepts are very advanced. So it's not like, you know, he's some, you know, option quarterback from the eighties or something like that, that doesn't understand how to throw the football. You give Justin Fields time and don't get him off of his first read, especially he'll pick you apart rookie or not. But the thing with any rookie quarterback is that, like you said, Fred, you try to confuse them. You try to bait them into, into thinking they're seeing something other than what you're actually doing and get them to get rid of the ball, uh, speed up his process, get rid of the ball faster so that you can make him make mistakes. It's not, I mean, yes, they could blitz a lot, and but I don't think that's in his nature. They don't necessarily have to do a lot of blitzing. I think it's like Jake said, uh, and a, a quote here, a comment here from Ugly Viking, which is a fantastic screen name, by the way. Uh, you got to hope he disguises his coverages to confuse the rookie QB. What Jake has been going on and on and on about since the game, the post game on Sunday is they have not done a lot between pre and post snap to try and confuse uh, the opposing quarterbacks. You got to shift. You got to move. You got to, you know. You got to disguise things. You got to uh, pull some guys down that are really not coming. Drop this guy. Bring bring that guy. So they could blitz. Uh, they had some success with the delayed blitz with uh, Grant Delpit. They might do that a second level blitz or however you want to call it. Uh, call it. But uh, like you said, he is mobile and smart enough that if I, the key to the whole thing, you said it a couple times, Fred, and we've said it the last two nights, is they got to have better rush lane discipline. Because if uh, Jadevian Clowney and Miles are going to run the arc at nine yards deep over and over and over and over and over, that gives him a very easy lane to step up, slide one way or the other and go. Um, and that has proved to not be um, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, that has proved to not be what we want to do because the third downs, I mean, they're the worst third down defense in the league to this point. So they have to improve their rush lane discipline they, and that'll get them off the field on third downs. Even if they can get it down, they're at 63% right now. Uh, if they can get that down under 50, you know, if, if it's still in the 40s, which is still not that great, but if they can get it down into the 40s, 
everything's going to look a lot brighter for this defense because getting off the field on, on third down is the key. And we'll talk about the offensive line uh, with Aaron Lemming uh, at the top of the next hour, Fred, but you're absolutely right. Um, I think the Maliks could have a big day because as much as we all thought in the preseason, it was going to be the Bears tackles. That was all Bears fans were bemoaning the tackles. Who's going to play tackle? They're going to be a problem. If you look at the stats from the first two games, the interior has been giving up most of the pressure. So the Maliks and maybe like you said, Fred, they got to they got to stunt and gain Miles and Jadevian inside and those guys. That's where they can do some real damage. So uh, what did you see from uh, the Maliks uh, today? Anything? I know you didn't get to watch a lot of practice, but uh, anything new from the interior of the defensive line? We had a question about Andrew Billings getting his snaps a, a minute ago. Uh, talk about the interior of the defensive line as you see it. Well, we just saw him go through their uh, individual drills and, uh, you know, Malik McDowell looks like he's getting more and more into shape. He wasn't, you know, bad shape-wise, but as far as just more more football build, right. you know, look, you know, kind of move and, and more and more comfortable out there. And that's the good thing with him. He's just going to get better and better as he builds his, his – um, endurance and you know you think about in five years just just played his second football game at the nfl level even but uh billings you know as far as this would be a game i think that it'd be time for him to step up they've done pretty good job against the run in the first two games held both opponents you know under 100 yards i think in the 82 and 72 david montgomery um pretty good running back and if you could bottle him up and shut the run down and then, like we, we said before, put the game on Fields' shoulders mm -hmm. to throw the ball from the pocket, I think I think you take your chances there with, this, with the pass rush and so forth. So, you know, this is the week they need to kind of get – start making steps. We, right. I talked about the goal – you know, they're, they're giving up 27 a game, obviously, in two games, which is more than they gave up last year. And we talked about how bad the defense was last year. The difference is the offense is scoring more, and that's what we thought they would do. So yeah. I'm not panicking about the defense. I just want to slowly see it down. Right. Malcolm Smith today, he said they have goals, and he threw it out as kind of going through it. But I picked up on it. He said, you know, one of our goals is to keep our opponents under 17 every week. And I'm like, so they're even more um, goal-oriented to it in points than I am. I'm saying 20. If you can hold the team to 20 or low 20s, the offense will, should be able to outscore right. just about everybody they play. So, you know, I think they realize it, and I think they – and they all talk about coming together and playing together and knowing what each other's doing. And, frankly, you really can't get that – feel for one another until you're on the field in a game you can it can run great in practice but until they're out on the game with with the real bullets flying you really can't you know simulate it so I just think it's going to take time I think it will come together but they need several parts you need the corners to to shut people down Newsom, we talked to him today and he said he's being asked to play off and he's fine with that. He's going to do whatever, but he can also pro play press. But obviously, this is the what they've been instructed to do. And he's Joe Woods, at least in the first two games, has taken a very uh, soft approach out there on the defense and not being 
attacking and aggressive. So hopefully they'll turn that corner and start being a little more aggressive here soon. Sure. Yeah. We only I got, think, go ahead, go Steve. Ahead. Sorry. No, 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 I was just saying, go ahead. I think um, <laughs> we're all in agreement, Fred, that uh, I, nobody expected him to come out with this many <clears throat> pieces and be, you know, uh, the 85 Bears week one. Um, and, and honestly, I'm trying to write off, and I think I'm right after watching Jake's stuff last night. Uh, I, they were just flat on Sunday. It just was not. Everybody has a bad day at work. Everybody watching. We've all had bad days at work where you just can't put two and two together for whatever reason. That was their day. And if you can do that and still win by 10, hey, that's A-OK. Uh, but right here, a uh, question. We saw him on the injury report today. My guess is it's more of a he was just a little sore or something like that. But J-OK, he was listed as limited with a knee injury. Anything we should be concerned about? Or uh, what did you hear about his knee? I didn't see I didn't see him slow down. In fact, the coach didn't mention him. So I'm not too concerned about it. Um, right. If they go backwards and don't practice the next day, you know, or something like that. But, um, yeah, the he just talked about the four that didn't practice. Or he don't even mention Treader, even though he didn't practice. But I'm not too concerned about him. Um, again, tomorrow's a key day if, if you know, if he goes backwards or, or still doesn't practice. Usually those guys take it a little easier on Wednesday and then right. – and then ramp it up a little more on the next day. Anybody's got any any type of ding. You know, if you went by the depth chart, if Taki Taki doesn't play, they have Tony Fields listed as his backup. I'm not so sure that's what would happen, but um, you know, they they can put more speed out there this week. And and that would be maybe a maybe an idea or play less linebackers or or something in order to kind of keep yeah you know you know under control well fred uh appreciate you coming on today i know you had to get out of here at uh, 7 30 but uh what, what do you have going on the rest of the week i know you got the obr weekly tomorrow at seven o'clock correct yeah we'll be back on the air tomorrow night hope you all come back for that um tomorrow be out in berea and have a berea report um with all the happenings and going on there also have a story about what can the Browns do to slow down Justin Fields? Some of the things we talked awesome. about here. So check that all out and thank you for your support. Thanks for everybody tuning in and uh, we'll see what happens this week as they try to stay in first place. You know, that's what yeah. nobody talks about is, you know, you're in first place, even though, <laughs> you know, the defense, um, the goal all along is to win the AFC North and you just got to get Absolutely. ready and get right. So when you play those six games, I think that'll go a long way for determined the AFC North. So, Absolutely. all right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Fred. The legend. The legend, everybody. Fred Greetham. Good stuff there from Fred, as always. Yeah, uh, it's funny because uh, uh, I said that today. I said, well, you know, they're they're tied for first place. And somebody responded to me. They said, well, they're tied for last place, too. So, I, you know, I was like, they are, you know. But, you know, uh, I, I swear it's funny because I feel like the consensus, it's almost what I gauge from my Twitter timeline. After week one, a game we lost, the fan base seemed more encouraged. And after yeah. a game we won, they seem more discouraged. Yeah. Well, I mean, they played better against It's Kansas. true. Be it's, they played better it's against It's true. Kansas. But it's just, funny to, it's just funny to say right. it because it's actually kind of true. Yeah. yeah. And this is true, Muddy Dog. I tweeted that out today. I said it on the show on Monday night. I was looking at something on ESPN.com, looking for stats, and I noticed 
for whatever reason, they already have their playoff standings out. If you go to their mm -hmm. page, if you've ever been to the NFL standings page, you can do it by division. You can do it by conference. They also have one for playoffs. that usually doesn't kick in until like the middle of the season. It's already up there. And so I clicked on it for a giggle. And as of right now, the Browns are in the playoffs. They're the seven seed. So, you know, just, yeah. just hold serve these next 15 games, guys. And I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, as far as the defense goes, because I haven't been, I missed all the pregame and postgame because I was attending, you know, I was at the home opener. And, you know, I've, I've, I've we've all been pretty much saying this since, gosh, since May. You know, it, it's going to take probably six to eight games to gel. There's a lot of, you got eight, nine new starters, lots of new players, lots of rookies. I mean, Grant Delpit's still a rookie. He finally played in his first game, and I haven't even got to talk about Grant Delpit yet. Was he flashing or was he flashing on Sunday, Steve? He had a darn good game. Uh, Jake's piece that he put out, uh, I'll put the link up here in a second, showed, I mean, he made a couple rookie mistakes, but he overall, did. I mean, made, just even if you're... Plays not a film guy uh, yes a deep film guy uh, if you're an idiot like Jake me is, you can see it <laughs> the speed the difference yes. that his speed and just the fact that he's there what it allows uh john johnson and ronnie harrison to do yes. more of the dime more of the three safety look we talked about all off season all that stuff fewer linebackers more speed you could just see it you could see what he yeah. can add if he is healthy and if he develops into the player that we think he can be, and apparently they think he's on his way to doing that. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's easy to see with the pieces that they have, where they can go. And I don't think anybody here, – here's where most people are, that I have, at least that I have gathered. Yeah. There's, there's some panicking, but those people like to panic. It's like their, their go-to. It's time it. to panic, Steve. Exactly. <laughs> most people – it, it's something it's somewhere between I'm keeping my eye on this and I'm starting to get a little concerned that most people are not panicking. So as long as they start to show some different stuff and, and, and like Fred said, just get a little better each week. Yes. I think all this panicking and fire Joe Wood stuff will stop. Now, if it's like Jake said last night, if it's week seven, week nine, week 11, and we're still yes. having these exact same conversations and they're then still giving up. Problem. 58% on third down or whatever yes. it is, you know, something like that. Then it's, it, there's some serious concerns for a team that wants to hoist the Lombardi trophy, but Absolutely. we're way too early for that right now. I, I would like to at least get everybody healthy. I mean, get, yeah. you know, get JOK out there uh, fully raring to go get a uh, Grant Delpit healthy, get um, yeah. um, Anthony Walker back healthy, get all these guys and get them out there and get them, get them all as one unit. And then we'll see where we are. So, and there sure. was a question also about: uh, Do we think they're staying vanilla uh, against teams that they think they should beat? Uh, I don't know if I would phrase it exactly like exactly that, like, but there yeah. are teams on your schedule, and last week may have been one of them. That you know, uh, we don't want to give anything away. You know, we, we there's no reason to. to it's kind of like when you're playing poker. If everybody else folds, I never show ever show my cards. You got to pay to yeah. see my cards. So. Uh, don't give away any free information like that. Um, and, you know, again, as as flat as they were and as poorly as they played in some areas of the game Sunday, they won by double digits. So, <laughs> yeah, why would you give something away? Let me go look for uh, Jake's article here while you. Yeah, you got you guys brought it up. I, I caught it in one of the shows over the last few days. It's It did kind of I think you even said it. It 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 did look like they were kind of going with the motions a little bit. And I think Jake talked about that, too. Um, but it's like you said, you know, <laughs> they, with all that being said, they still won by 10 and, you know, 
I, 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 I think they've got another opponent here this week in the Chicago bears that uh, like the bears are no, by no means a bad football team, but I, I think you and I are in full agreement here. This is a team that we should handle and handle. I, you know, I don't want to say easily, but I'm going to say we should handle them easily. I mean, it's just, it, we have a lot more talent than them. It's just, it's, it's just the reality. So I, I would like to see a complete, performance without going through the motions and it was again it was only week two we've we've got a lot of rookies we've got a lot of a lot of young players playing in some key spots especially on defense Uh, i mean hell on offense you know uh schwartz is getting snaps uh felton's getting snaps there's two rookies right there you got donovan peoples jones second year player so you know it's gonna take some time and peyton hillis i appreciate you entering but don't use the plural you want to do the uh exclamation point ticket no s on the end of that guys you see that ticker going across we're doing it we're doing a giveaway tonight at 8 45 p.m uh we're going to be giving away two tickets to the bears game this upcoming week and we're going to be giving away two tickets to the road game at the minnesota vikings so um i was actually thinking about this steven let me let me run it by and chat if you want to chime in Chime in on this because your opinion actually matters more than I think Steve and I's on this. I was thinking the first drawing, the first name we draw, should we give that winner the option of what tickets they want of the game? That kind of because uh, Spark Sparky in the chat brought up a good point. If he won, uh, he would pick the Minnesota game because he actually lives closer. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Um, get- let's let the chat decide. Yeah. Uh, that that's fine by me. I mean, I'm not my yeah. tickets, so yeah, my so tickets. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's why I said. What do you guys think? Whoever wins the first drawing, obviously the second drawer winner will not have a choice. But the first one, you get the choice of the Bears game or the Vikings game. I think. I think. I think that's pretty good. Because we might have some folks that tuned in specific. There are Browns fans in Minnesota. Maybe some of them tuned in here tonight specifically because they wanted to win tickets. Sure, why not? Works for me. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, to go back to uh, talking about uh, last week and then looking ahead to the Bears, I mean, yeah, I think they are on paper better than the Bears. I think that the line is, what, eight and a half or something like that. So Vegas thinks they're better than the Bears. They should handle it. They were flat on Sunday, guys. Like I said, it happens. Everybody has a bad day at work. But, I mean, you look at – and, of course, box score stats don't tell the whole story. But they have 528 total offensive yards across two games. The Browns are averaging 406 a game. And they didn't play well (laughs) against Houston. And they could have run up more. You know, I mean, they could have thrown the ball all over the yard if they wanted to. So just that right there, it tells you that if – like we keep saying, the Browns handled their side of the ball. This is a team that it shouldn't, knock on wood, it shouldn't matter what the Bears do. They shouldn't be able to confuse the offense. They shouldn't be able to overpower the offensive lines, for, uh, certainly. They've got, they've got a few, few good pieces. We all know Khalil Mack, and we'll talk more in depth about this uh, with Aaron Lemming here in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, we all know Akeem Hicks. We all know Khalil Mack. We all know Roquan Smith. We all know yeah. uh, Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson. But beyond, behind those guys, I mean, you know, NFL level players, certainly, uh, you know, they're on a sure. NFL roster, so they're obviously pretty talented guys, but nobody that strikes fear in the heart. So uh, as efficient as the passing game has been, as punishing as the running game has been, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot, as they have multiple times the first two weeks, they should go out and win this game. The only thing I'm not going to say scares. The only thing that I'm concerned <laughs> about is when there you have you a rookie quarterback like Justin Fields, 
you want to get aggressive. You want to confuse him. But rookie quarterbacks, especially first-round rookie quarterbacks, have enough talent, and they usually put it together for one or two games every year where they just play lights out. So if you yeah. if you get overly aggressive and he sidesteps the blitzer or whatever, and then somebody blows a coverage or slips and falls or whatever, you know, the NFL, most NFL games turn on four or five plays. So sure. uh, it, it's a double-edged sword when you have a rookie. Yes, there are advantages you can t- that you can uh, uh, take advantage of uh, on your side. But if, like we said earlier, if you don't maintain your rush lane discipline, if you get uh, over eager, if you get out of position, if the communication on the back end is poor again, he's good enough to take advantage of it. So while we all know what Andy Dalton is, I think we would all prefer the, the devil you know. Uh, having Andy Dalton because he's not particularly mobile. Uh, the opportunity to go out there and take advantage of a rookie quarterback is right in front of them. They just have to be smart about it. Yeah, absolutely. I got a few shout outs here uh, from when uh, Fred was on. I forgot to shout him out. Anakin Solo. Love that. Love that Twitch name. Thanks for that follow. Daddy for Porter. Thanks for the 100 bits. Sparky D213. Thank you for the five biddies. Jared Turnwald. Thank you for the follow and that Twitch Prime sub as well. Appreciate that, Jared. Thank you, guys. Thank you and it very looks much. Like, uh, looking in the chat, everybody wants every the first guy to have a choice. So yeah, that's I think what we'll that do. yeah that that makes sense. That makes it uh, you know if if you never know the first it would make no sense if someone won that can make would rather go to the Vikings game. Uh, right. You know, may make them go to the Bears one. So yeah, works out to me. Uh, question here in the chat from uh, Cleveland Rocks forty one forty seven. Do you think the new defensive end off the practice squad? Will be active and get some snaps. You're talking about Afedi uh, Odenabo, and yes, to both Ooh, of those. I think and you pronounced that beautifully, by the I way. I practiced. I am. I practiced in the mirror. You're um, a pro, man. You're I a am. pro. You're I am. Pro. Well, I looked it up. I actually went to the media guide, looked it up, wrote it out phonetically. I saw it. you tweeted out a picture. Yeah. All right, I'll let you answer this question now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do. I think he's going to get in there because I think he's good, solid pass rush depth. Uh, you know, I think he's another guy. Uh, uh, around the edge who can come in and give you some snaps, especially early in the year here. I mean, it was hot uh, the last couple of weeks. Those guys were, were a little bit gassed in the second half in addition to everything else. So having one more guy who can who can round out that rotation and help your guys get a little breather in the first half so they're, they're raring to go in the fourth quarter if you need them, I think, yeah, I do think he will be uh, active and I think he will get some snaps. I think eventually – he may replace uh, Joe Jackson, Jackson as the yeah. guy who is uh, active more often than not. I could be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong. Uh, but that's that's my thought on Afedio uh, Denebo. Well, we, we we said that when they uh, when they brought him in that uh, we kind of pretty much said there that's that's I think at some point in the, this season that's going to be their fourth DN. It makes sense. It completely makes sense. Steven out here like Ron Burgundy with voice exercises. A <laughs> little bit, little bit. Uh, well, I'm, I'm excited to talk to Aaron. Um, uh, I've never, um, I, I, I've, I've never talked to him. I've, I've, I actually follow him on Twitter. Ironically, that's, I thought that was kind of random because I don't follow a lot of, uh, uh, other teams, uh, writers and whatnot, but he, he does good stuff over there. Yeah. And he's a good guy. Uh, and we will get a little bit more in depth with him, uh, obviously, but just looking at some of the other Bears stats, we've been talking about third yeah. down, third down's a money down. We all know that uh, and we it's the money down and the Browns have been leaving a lot of loose change on the ground. These is uh, uh, defensively this first uh, couple of games. Bears are 11 out of 26 on offense uh, on third down under 50 percent. It's not bad. 11 out of 20. It's not bad. But, it, you know, yeah. obviously it's an opportunity for the Browns defense to step it up against a team that 
you know, like I said, 528 total yards in two games is not exactly an offensive juggernaut. So hopefully they can start to get a little healthy here. Hopefully they can take some steps in the right direction. And hopefully, like a lot of people are saying, we see more JOK, more Grant Delpit, uh, more Greg Newsom, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being up in press and what I mean by that and stuff like that. These guys using their talents uh, that they showed in the draft cycle. Uh, and as far as, uh, like Fred said, Treader, Wills, and Hubbard, Hubbard's the only one of those guys that I think is not going to play. Um, yeah. J.C. Treader, again, not, you wouldn't have to shoot him. You'd have to shoot no, him. No, he's he's on the Joe, Joe Thomas yeah. uh, regimen. That's what okay. he's on. You think Wills is going to play? I do. I think because yeah. he played last week and it just stiffened up on him, I think he'll sure. go out there and he'll give it a run again. But I think yeah. Blake Hayes showed out. enough that if he can't, yeah. You know, they've got plenty of fallbacks there. And uh, just a quick note uh, from around the league, a couple of quick notes. Uh, First, Jay Sternberger, who was the tight end released by the Packers a couple of days ago. Uh, Some folks in uh, in, uh, Brown's Twitter wanted the Browns to sign him. He has signed on with the Seahawks uh, practice squad. And uh, B.J. Goodson, who a lot of Browns fans wanted to bring back because there's uh, unending concern about the linebacker room. He signed with the Jets last week. He played about a half a dozen snaps uh, against the Patriots. He retired today. So um, uh, unlikely that B.J. Goodson will be coming back. Uh, yes. So the, the, just a few notes from around the league that uh, might sure. uh, interest some Browns fans here. Uh, talking about the Browns, though, uh, if you watch Jake last night, you know that Baker left a lot of meat on the bone uh, on Sunday. He played, if you just look at the box, 19 out of 21, uh, you know, only two off-target passes. They won the game. Uh, he was efficient. He was smart. He did a lot of good things, but he, he left a lot of easy throws out there. Um, and so if you watched it last night, there were some people that thought Jake was being really, really hard on Baker. He was just being honest. He played fine. He, it's like, it's like, you know, you go, let's say you go to, um, uh, uh, you play poker, you go to Vegas, yeah. you play poker for six hours and you walk away and you've won $800. That's a good day, right? Yeah, but absolutely. if you had been able to see, if you made a couple more moves, you missed out on three big pots that you could have won $2,700. Sure. That's what it means. It's still a good day, Yes, but it could have been a lot better had you made the right moves yeah. and seen the right things. That's all. That's all look, he was trying to say. And, so. and at the end of the day, obviously Jake is, you know, loves the Browns, loves Baker. He's a big Baker supporter, but he's got to, he's got to be, you know, he's got to be a, a subjective here and objective. You know, you, you can't, you can't just go out here and just rah, 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 rah it up in his breakdowns. He's got to be right. honest. And I, he, he's, he gives us honest coverage and that's an well, off, and, honest and analyst too. If, analysis. If, if, if you think Jake was being hard on, on Baker, how hard do you think Baker was was on Baker looking at film? Because he sees right. the same things. And he probably sees it on an even deeper level. He sees it way better than I do, but he probably sees it even better than Jake does. So I guarantee you six Absolutely. is way harder on himself than anybody else. Oh, he, for he's he his biggest critic. He so, is. Um, he'll be okay with that. But even with that, even with all that, I pulled out some stats, uh, stats here today. He's got a PFF grade of 93.8 on throws over 20 yards downfield. Now, his average depth of target is only 8.1 yards downfield, which is middle of the pack right now. So he's not chucking it downfield a a whole bunch. And if you take those two things in tandem, what it tells me is he's being smarter. Uh, He's still a gunslinger. He's still aggressive. If you give him a crease 25 yards downfield, He's kind of like Brett Favre, like they said on Monday night. He's going to try to put it in there because he's that confident. And right. I love that. I would much rather yes. have a guy in than have a check down Charlie. Oh. We had 
few of those for 20 years. But if people are saying, oh, he's not throwing the ball downfield. He's not doing this. It's because that's what's there, you know? And so the fact that when he does throw it downfield, he's got a tremendously on target grade. He's putting it where it's supposed to be. And most of the throws downfield have been successful and have turned into chunk plays means he's being wiser about when he throws the ball 25, 30, 35 yards downfield. I mean, they're averaging 30 points a game and for over 400 yards of offense. So far. is that so good? He's not bad. You know, he just, it could I think have that's been pretty better. damn that's good. That's all it was, you know? You, you guys yeah. remember those Pat Shermer offenses? Don't oh. even get me started. Remember that? My Lord, Colt McCoy running for his life. Hell of a time to be alive. Force a guy to throw the ball more than seven yards down. <laughs> Lord so have I'd mercy. I'd much rather have this. So. Couple shout outs real quick. Shorty, 420, 420. Thanks for those 100 bits. That's actually uh Shorty, I hope you're well, my friend. He's a, a, a loyal part of my old Twitch community. Thank you so much, my friend. And then uh, Jay Reinhardt, thank you for subscribing for two months on that tier one sub. Thank you very, very much for that. And I saw a question from Daddy for Porter about the injury with Hubbard. It is a triceps I- injury. Right. Um, so though that's, that's a funny area, and I'll let you knock out this question here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, OG Philly who uh... – he hasn't you haven't gifted a sub Scott in about uh, 17 minutes. I'm starting <laughs> to get a little disappointed. Um, but uh, he's absolutely right. It was the whole team. It's what we've been saying. They were just flat. They just didn't they didn't have the fire. And I guess in a way it's kind of to be expected because the, the Chiefs game was built up so yeah. much for so long. And they were obviously amped out of their skulls when they played an arrowhead. It's hard to do that two weeks in a row, especially against a team that you think you should run out of the building. I mean, that's just human nature. So you're absolutely right. Nobody was was their sharpest. The nobody was nobody was who they should be or could be, uh, except for maybe Demetric Felton. Demetric Felton was electric. Um, everybody else just was a little bit off, you know. And the years passed. If they were a little bit off, they lost by forty. So, you know, yeah. they, they had to play their best game to just maybe yeah. be in the game. So the fact I that know. they can be a little bit off and win by 10, again, the long-term goal, step back. It's frustrating in the moment. When you watch it live, you watch it as a fan. And I'm the same way. I get emotional. I react. I yell yeah. on TV, things I shouldn't yell. But then the next day when you watch it again, I try to take off my fan hat and put on the analyst hat and be a little bit more realistic and a little yeah. more calculating about it and i think that's mm-hmm. the way most people do at the obr we've got subjective fans so yeah. you can say it's okay to say your team didn't you know play particularly well or this guy didn't have a good day or something like that it's okay we've been doing it for 20 years for steve yeah. <laughs> we've been t- <laughs> exactly and, and guess what as talented this roster is and as good as this team is going to be and i think we all can agree on that they're going to have off nights they're going to have bad weeks and there's not there isn't anything wrong with pointing out why that happens you know it it, it Jake's breakdown of Baker yesterday was oh gosh that was great. Well, stuff. and and let's also uh, we haven't said it Honest tonight. We stuff. said it the last couple of nights. Let's let's also say this. Houston Texans ex- executed their game plan to perfection. They did. Okay? They they don't have a ton of talent, but they played to the top hey. of their talent. They did exactly what they needed to do. So give credit where credit is due as the saying goes. Those other guys get paid too. So, you know, um I, we got out with a w but let, let, let's take a look at the bears here um uh, i i know everybody here uh, everybody watching thinks that it should be a win everybody in vegas thinks that it should be a win if you look at the if you look at the stats it should be a win uh, of course that's why they play the games but you sit and you and you look at i pulled up some of their stats here um they have got uh uh 30 first downs total uh, i think the browns had 20 
four against the Chiefs or something like that. Like I said, 528 total offensive yards. Now, they are slowing down the game, okay? They're averaging 33 minutes of, of possession per game. So they're, they know that they need to keep the opposing offenses off the field and slow it down. It seems like uh, they are obviously David Montgomery is, is one of their bigger uh, offensive weapons. They're giving him the ball quite a bit, but it also seems like they're running the play clock down at almost a Peyton Manning-esque level. Um, that used to annoy the crap out of me. No matter, they could be in the hurry up offense and he would snap it with 0.0004 seconds on the play clock every single time. It was hilarious to me. And he's one of the best of all time, but still it, it, it cracked me up. They only have four total touchdowns. Um, the bears in two games, uh, mm -hmm. the Browns, I think have eight or maybe it, maybe it's nine. I'm not sure, but, um, you look at it. And again, like we have said, if they come out and they handle their business, on their side of the ball, they should win this game. If you guys have questions in the chat for the Bears uh, writer, Aaron Lemming, he's coming up in about seven minutes. Now would be a good there time to start go. popping those in there. Yep, um, guys. And remember, not plural on the command. Yeah, there you go, Big Rose. And Big Rose, thank you for gifting that tier one sub to the OBR Twitch community. Much appreciative. That's a third gifted sub you've given to the channel. And we appreciate you very much for that. But yeah, guys, definitely use not plural, not tickets, ticket, singular. Use the command ticket to enter into the giveaway, here's I'm gonna pull this up one more time. There you go, guys. And if you see the command, the uh, ticker there at the bottom, uh, use the command ticket. Oh, uh, here's something we wanted to talk about, and we got about seven minutes to do. Oh, it let's here. do it. I know exactly where you're going, my friend. Um, the uh, list for the Hall of Fame came out this year. The modern uh, and uh, one of our guys, one of our former guests here, Mr. Eric Metcalf, is on the list. And boy, do I think it is time. For him to get in. I mean, you look at this guy's, and it's not a, a Homer thing. You look at, no, a lot of people don't know this. And Eric, of course, for those who have been a long time Twitch uh, uh, viewers, he was on a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, was kind enough to come on for an hour. Tremendous guy. Uh, fantastic interview. Uh, he is at this moment, 18th all time in total yards in the Can NFL. Can you believe that? And he did it in the nineties for frankly, some pretty rotten teams. Yeah. And he did it, as he said when he was on here, he did it at a time when guys his size with his skill set didn't play all the time. Uh, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, guys who are similar, whose game is similarly structured, they play first yeah. down, second down, third down. Back when Eric played, you know, to, you ran between the tackles on first and second down, and then the scat back, number 21, would come in on third down. So he didn't get the opportunities. And he's still, I mean, I'm looking at the list here. He is ahead. <clears throat> in total yards of guys like Thurman Thomas, Tony Dorsett, uh, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Jim Brown, uh, <laughs> Eric Dickerson, uh, Tony Gonzalez. He's ahead of all those guys, and he's within a 1,000 total yards, only a 1,000 yards behind of Ladanian Tomlinson, Barry Sanders, Herschel Walker, Adrian Peterson. I mean, how this guy is not in the Hall of Fame at this point is absolutely beyond me. I, it's, <laughs> it's a worse snub than Clay Matthews, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you and I were were lucky enough to, you know, be, be alive to watch his entire career and follow his entire career. Uh, one of the most electrifying Cleveland Browns I've ever, probably the most electrifying Cleveland Brown I've probably ever witnessed with my own two eyes. Um, and that's saying a lot. We've had some good playmakers since, you know, since the early 80s, mid 80s. So I, you know, it, it's, it's, I think he played in an era and you guys touched it on it when, when when you had eric on 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 the show here on the obr twitch and you know 
he he was not he would played an era where he would an era where he was not used correctly. He would have been used completely different nowadays. I mean, look mm-hmm. at Alvin Kamara. Plays like players like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara just are two that come to mind. Now, am I gonna sit here and say that he would put up those numbers? I don't know that for sure, but I think there's a chance he could at least come close to that. I'll tell you this, he would have been a top 10 fantasy player in, in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that because I think he's someone that could have challenged. You know, a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. I think it. I think he, a player today, he could have challenged that. And you well, know, I, in addition to the fact that the game is played completely different, the rules have evolved to to uh, favor the offense and the passing game so much. As we talked about when he was on here, the fact that back then these defenders could do everything short of knifing you, and they and they wouldn't get a penalty. And and if you knifed somebody you might still not get a penalty yeah uh, now they can barely hit these guys and, and it's 15 yards so he would have loved that because you know he wasn't the biggest guy in the world so you know i, I i'm gonna go ahead and do this uh because uh i i, I worked hard on it uh, if you guys missed it about a month ago when it first came out i'm gonna go ahead and run the the video if you don't mind here we put together yeah. a little eric metcalf hype video so i'm gonna go ahead and fire it up for you guys before we get aaron in here in just a few minutes I think my favorite part of the interview, well, there were so many great parts of the Eric Metcalf interview. I, th- I think my favorite part was that move against the Bengals that somebody mentioned in the uh, in the chat, and we all remember it, the double jump cut. He said that oh. in the moment, he thought he ran straight in. He didn't. He said, I didn't know what I did. He said, I, I, they were talking to me on the sideline. What a great run. And I was like, what are you talking about? Nobody touched me. And he said, and then I looked up on the Jumbotron, and I was like, wow, that was a good move. So I thought that was my favorite part of the Eric Metcalf interview. He didn't even know he did it at yeah. the time. God love him. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Aaron here in just a few minutes. Uh, real quick, before we do, though, uh, one more reminder. Uh, after Aaron at about 845, uh, we will have the we'll be giving away two pair of tickets, uh, a pair of tickets to the Bears game at First Energy game, uh, First Energy Stadium this Sunday. And then the away game at Minnesota uh, to see them play the uh, the Purple People leaders up in Norseland uh, the following week for, uh, to see them play the Vikings. We'll be giving those away back-to-back. Whoever wins the first one, you'll have your choice of which game you want to go to. And whoever wins the second pair, gee, sorry, you only get free tickets. You don't get to choose which game. You know, I so, quit. <laughs> so uh, and as Andy has said, uh, you can see it right there, the command I t- or I'm sorry, exclamation point ticket, not tickets, tickets. Yes. That gets you in. If you do it again and you get this message here, that means that, you're that's in. That's a good thing. It means yes. you're in. You can only yes. enter one time. And as yes. we have said several times, it is not uh, required that you subscribe. But if you if you are a subscriber, you do increase your chances a bit. So I'm going to put up in the chat here, I'm going to put up just a very quick, easy link on how to do it for free, how to subscribe for free if you have Amazon Prime. Uh, there you go. It's right in the chat right now. 
so that'll be coming up at about 8.45. But right now, we have a very special guest coming on. Um, he is, let me make sure I get all of this correctly, he's uh, a writer for the Bear Report as well as Windy City Gridiron, both sites which are on the CBS Sports Network. A super nice dude. Uh, we've been uh, Twitter friends for a long time. We're going to welcome him in here. Aaron Lemming uh, for the Chicago Bears. Hey, Aaron, uh, thanks for joining us here tonight. Hey, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming uh, on, man. You're, uh, obviously, uh, we're not going to beat around the bush. Uh, we could uh, talk about some other stuff, but uh, does anybody really care about anything unless until we talk about Justin Fields? So, <laughs> obviously, there was a lot of clamoring uh, in the preseason, and for the past two weeks, he should be playing over Andy Dalton. And there were other people that said the Bears' offensive line is unsettled and leaky, and you don't want to get them beat up or hurt like Burrow last year and other guys in the past. Which side of that were you on, and are you excited to see him this week as they come to Cleveland? Well, I've been under the impression since training camp and the preseason that he should be in there. He should be starting. You know, we know who Andy Dalton is, and that's really what it comes down to. It's, I think for a lot of Bears fans, it's been confusing because of the message, right? It's, it's one of those – some of the moves that they made, it looks like they want to win now – but then, you know, you're not putting the best quarterback out there. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I, I think a lot of Bears fans, you know, outside of the circumstance, obviously, you know, Andy Dalton getting hurt is never the way you want to see your rookie right. quarterback come in the game, right? I mean, that's just that's just what it is right now. But I think a lot of fans are excited. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys got a chance to go back and watch what he did in, you know, two-plus quarters. There was some good. There was some bad. And I think that – Moving forward for a lot of fans, I think that's kind of where fans have to have realistic expectations with Justin Fields, right? I mean, obviously, we're talking Browns right now, uh, you know, and I'm sure a lot of Browns fans are probably Ohio State fans. So they have a pretty high belief of what Justin Fields can be as long, you know, as well as the Bears, uh, you know, as well as Bears fans. But at the same time, he's still a rookie quarterback. All you got to do is look at the three starting rookie quarterbacks right now that have started both games, and there's been a lot of a lot of a mixed bag. I mean, really, the only guy who's been somewhat consistent so far has been Mac Jones, and he was the fifth quarterback taken. So the, the time is now for Bears fans. We'll see. You know, uh, Matt Nagy has basically said when Andy Dalton comes back, uh, he's week to week right now. Everything that I've seen has basically said this is a three- to five-week injury. You know, he's saying that once Andy Dalton's healthy, he's a starter. I don't think I buy that. It's a, it's a lot the same way as Tyrod Taylor um, and, and Justin Herbert last year. But the, the the football season is officially started for Bears fans. That's for sure. Well, now, obviously, in a general sense, uh, the uh, the impression of the two guys is Dalton is the safer uh, check down guy. Doesn't force it down the field a lot. Justin Fields, you know, he's a rookie, so he's going he's going to be confused a lot. But his history, especially at Ohio State, is that he. If you give him an opening, he's absolutely not afraid to chuck it down the field. He's more aggressive. Uh, we have just some of the basic highlights from last week against Cincinnati. Has that been your impression through camp, through the preseason, and through last week? Does, is that true, or is everybody just kind of, you know, not 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 getting deep enough to really understand what these two quarterbacks are all about? Well, I mean, that's really what it's come down to so far. You know, obviously things have been a little skewed just because their their game plan against the uh, the uh, Rams was interesting. You know. Usually, and as you guys know this, you guys watch the Browns. The Browns have a really good offense. Usually if a defense tries to play, uh, you know, basically two safeties back and challenge you to run the ball and say you're not throwing deep against us, most competent offensive coordinators will usually say, you know, we're going to go ahead and try to pass deep anyway. What do the Bears do? The Bears do, oh, we're just going to go ahead and throw a bunch of 
wide receiver screens and three to five yard routes and hope we can get it done. And obviously that wasn't the case. Uh, this, this last week against Cincinnati was a little bit better. Um, I think Andy Dalton ended up having, I want to say two or three throws, uh, over 15 yards, air yards. Um, then Justin Fields comes into the game and all of a sudden, you know, you start kind of seeing as you're seeing on some of these highlights and obviously not, as I say that, of course, there's the five yard throw to Allen Robinson that he makes <laughs> crazy, but, uh, no, Justin Fields went down the field a lot more. And it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of people are going to look at his numbers and say, well, you know, he's six to 13. He had, you know, he didn't have 70 passing yards and it's like, okay, yeah. But at the same time, there was also a throw to Darnell Mooney, which was crossing around probably about 25 yards down the field that Mooney should have made the catch and didn't. Uh, and then there was a beautiful, beautiful uh, bomb into the end zone for Allen Robinson. I think it was about a 35-yard throw that Allen Robinson simply whiffed on, which is something that none of us are used to seeing. I don't think Allen yeah. Robinson is used to having a good quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I would say your overall generalization is right. I mean, Andy Dalton has the ability to throw downfield, but even as we saw last year in Dallas, that's not really as much of his game. I guess the only plus out of that would be, be to say that he definitely has better deep ball accuracy than Trubisky, which isn't saying a whole lot. I mean, anybody who's watched a you know Bears game with Trubisky would know that. Uh, but yeah, Justin Fields is definitely going to challenge in, in in multiple different ways because it's not just you know going downfield more and being more aggressive, but it's the fact that he is athletic. He he can get outside of the pocket and make a play, and that was something that we actually saw within the last few minutes of the game when the Bears. You know, they were up 20 to uh, 20 to three at one point. That was a crazy thing. They were up 20 to three. They dominated the first 55 minutes of the game. Right. And then all of a sudden their defense has a little bit of a lapse. Justin Fields throws the interception. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, this is 20. That's 2017. They basically they had one drive and they needed to get a few first downs. Justin Fields got one of those on a third and long with a with a big run. And then David Montgomery was able to salt it out. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting because I think a lot of Bears fans are expecting Fields to kind of step in and hit the ground running. And I just, I don't know how realistic that is, especially against, you know, I, I know the Browns defense hasn't put up the greatest of numbers so far, but I mean, the Browns have a really good defense. They have a lot of talent on that defense. And I think one of the big things for the bears right now with the offensive line and kind of trying to figure things out is how much time is Justin Fields going to be able to get. And then also if the pocket starts collapsing on Justin Fields, which we saw quite a few times in the two plus quarters that he played, is he going to be able to step up into the pocket? Is he going to, continue to drop back in the pocket, drop deeper in the pocket and take a sack, or is he going to be able to scramble? Because that's just one of the things with him right now. He's, he's a young guy. He hasn't even started the game yet. So I, I think it's going to be very interesting from the Bears' point of view to see exactly what the Browns' front looks to do to him. Because, I mean, the Browns have a lot of talent on that defensive line, man. I mean, it's like, you know, it, it just kind of keep in mind, just give you a little bit of background. So I'm a Bears fan, right? You know, I, I, you know, also do some writing for the Bears, but my girlfriend is a diehard Ohio State fan and a diehard Browns fan, right? So <laughs> I see a lot of Browns. Your heart. Yes. <laughs> so you know, it's one of those things where it's like I, I, I obviously don't know the Browns as well as you guys, but I've seen enough to know what kind of team this is. You know, they they were one of my teams for the AFC Championship this year. So it's like I, I think the Bears have a lot of respect. I know I have a lot of respect. I think this is going to be a very interesting challenge for them right out of the gate, especially with Fields making his first uh, NFL start. This is not a this is not a game that I would have had circled for him to make that first NFL start. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and you brought up the Browns' defensive struggles, and I'll tell you a uh, couple areas that they've struggled with going even going back to last year is third, you know, getting off the field on third downs and defending quarterbacks who can run. And I and I know Fields is on on record saying he is a throwing quarterback and I agree with him, but he does have that dynamic in his game. He does have that mobile ability. So, do you expect the 
Do you expect him to maybe kind of start stepping up in the pocket and taking advantage of that? I'm sure his coaches are telling him that, hey, these guys are struggling against to stop the running quarterbacks. Do you think that's going to be a wrinkle in this game? Yeah, it, it should. And that's going to be an interesting part for the Bears because one of the things that we saw after he stepped in was the game plan obviously can't really change too much when you start off with Andy Dalton, who's not – I mean, he's not immobile. He, he's not. He's okay. definitely not Nick Foles, no. but he's definitely not a guy like Justin Fields who has the athleticism to be able to run all over the place. And we didn't see a lot of moving pockets with Fields in the game for obvious reasons. So it's going to be interesting because, again, that was actually one of the things that Matt Nagy pointed out and basically said, you know, Fields needs to figure out how to step up or when to step up in the pocket because on one of the two sacks that he, he took, he basically kept dropping back in the pocket. At mm -hmm. one point, he was like 11 yards deep, and instead of yeah. stepping up, and actually, you know, the interior did a pretty solid job. He ends up taking another probably four or five yards back and ends up taking the sack. So it's going to be interesting because I, I don't think in the in the traditional sense, I don't think that Fields is going to be that quarterback that, you know, he's hanging out in the pocket and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he tries to be dynamic with his legs uh, for the sake of being dynamic. I think it's going to be more one of those situations where if things are covered downfield or if he feels uncomfortable in the pocket, which we saw a few times already, it's pretty typical for a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback, he's going to take off. So I do think that is going to be a part of the game plan, but I also think that Matt Nagy is probably going to want to be smart because this is something we saw Trubisky early in his career. They let him go a lot. And then all of a sudden he takes that one hit from Harrison Smith and, and, and things really change for him in his career. And I think that that's something that the Bears are going to be very careful of. I think we're going to see more moving pockets and trying to get him outside, throwing off of different platforms than we're going to see with anything else. I mean, he's obviously going to run because that's who he is to a certain extent, at least he's an athletic quarterback, I should say. But at the same time, I don't think there's going to be a ton of design runs just because they're going to want to see how he's going to develop as a passer. We don't know how long Andy Dalton's going to be out for at this point. So I think that there's still a level of evaluation that has to go on within these next few weeks to figure out, you know, is Justin Fields going to pull Justin Herbert? Is he going to come in and he's, is he going to do a good enough job to where Matt Nagy looks at this and says, there's no way we can put Andy Dalton back in. And I think that that's going to be a big part of their game plans over the next few weeks is to figure out, can he be a functional NFL quarterback? Not just a guy that's going out there freelancing, like, you know, what happens in preseason, but can he actually function within a pretty complicated offense that, somehow some way that nobody on the bears over the last four or three plus years has been able to master. So it's going to be interesting, but I don't think we're going to see a ton of Justin Fields, the runner by design. Now you mentioned the offensive line. And uh, I, I said, right when we brought you on that uh, you and I have been Twitter friends for, I don't know, four or five years. I followed your stuff for, for a long time now. So following you, I get a lot of the bears talk uh, more than I would just on my own. And I know that in the preseason, uh, a lot of the concern was about the tackles. Uh, the tackles are weak. We don't know, who, you know, uh, how are they going to hold up? How are they? But if you look at the first two games, and admittedly, it's only a two-game sample size. Uh, if you go by grades and pressures allowed and everything like that, the tackles have actually held up better than the interior. Um, is that something that you th think is going to continue? Um, and... I, Will that eventually affect what you everything you just said about Justin Fields? That's how I was going to tie it in. You sort of answered my my question before I could ask it, but uh, I want to ask it anyway because that's the kind of guy I am. Um, <laughs> do you think the fact that the interior has to this point been the weaker link will affect them at all and how they handle Justin Fields, or uh, what do you think is going to happen with the offensive line moving forward? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's definitely something interesting because as we see a lot with young quarterbacks, you know, they seem to deal with pressure 
uh, better off the edges than they do on the interior. And that's something that's been a huge issue. And kind of going back to last year, I mean, one of their big issues, I mean, they, and that's the thing is, you know, they had Charles Leno and Bobby Massey. You know, they had them on the, at tackle for, I want to say, three or four years. I mean, Charles Leno Jr. was one of the most reliable, not in terms of, you know, in, in terms of actual production, but in terms of just availability, one of the more reliable offensive linemen in the entire league in his career. So it's it was definitely interesting to see that kind of move. But even going back to last year, they had a lot of issues on their interior. I mean, at one point they were starting Rashad Coward, which was just – asinine it, the, the whole thing made zero sense uh alex bars went from being a practice squad guy to somehow starting games for them last year james daniels went down early in the year uh sam mustafer who was an undrafted free agent that saw absolutely no no time really had no chance ever at the 53-man roster and then magically he gets called up and you know he ends up looking like one of their better interior offensive linemen and you know kind of carrying that into this year the biggest knock that a lot of people had on him at center was the fact that he just lacked a lot of strength and all the talk all offseason was how, you know, how much bigger he looked and how much stronger he was going to be and all this stuff. And so far, we've seen pretty much exactly the same player, right? James Daniels is still trying to get his feet from, you know, under him. Uh, he's been a little inconsistent. Cody Whitehair, who, you know, they gave him a, a, a contract extension a few years back, really just hasn't been able to settle in one spot this year. He's finally at left guard. And he's been inconsistent as well. And yeah, you look at the tackles and it's like Jason Peters has actually been playing well. Surprisingly, Jermaine Effetti, who essentially flunked out at right tackle uh, with with the Seahawks. I mean, they spent a first round pick on him, let him go through four years and said, ah, no, we're done with this. You know, and then the Bears picked him up and wanted to play him at right guard. So, yeah, the, the tackles have been surprising. Um, the Bears have had a lot of issues on the interior, um, obviously with Aaron Donald in week one. And then last week, you know, familiar face with you guys with Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, Ogunjobi just completely – and it was funny to watch. Well, funny in, in some ways, but funny to watch. It's like he just took turns dominating, you know, the different interior linemen. It was like at first it was Sam Mustafer, and then at one point it was James Daniel. And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden you're looking over and it's Cody White here. I mean, he absolutely, from an interior standpoint, wrecked the game for him. And again, man, I mean, for at least from a name standpoint, you guys will probably be able to speak to this better than me, but, you know, the Browns got a lot of talent on the interior. And that's not something, I mean, obviously they've got they've got a stacked front as, as a whole, but, I mean, in, you know, with their interior, they got a lot of talent. So, you know, it's one of those situations I'm looking at. It's like, well, this could be another week where the interior is really not holding up. And I think that's going to affect Justin Field because, again, I think that if he needs to be able to – be able to climb the pocket. And the problem is with the interior pressure is I, I think that's when he starts kind of getting a little panicky. And if he can't escape out one of basically one of the gaps and he's, you know, he's been in trouble. So I, I absolutely think that that's going to be a big key for them. And it's just weird. The, the way that the offensive line has kind of worked so far, they've been pretty dang good, um, you know, in terms of run blocking, but in terms of the pass blocking, especially on the interior, it hasn't been as good. And again, it's kind of a makeshift thing. And, I think a lot of Bears fans right now are just kind of looking at us like, okay, well, things are going okay so far, but, you know, it's just – I think a lot of people are just waiting for the other shoe to drop to really see because from a name value standpoint and from expectations, I mean, even a guy like Brandon Thorne had them, I think, is one of, if not the worst offensive line in the league moving into the season. And so far they actually haven't played that bad, which is kind of weird. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's switch uh, sides of the ball. Got a question here from one of yeah. our uh, Twitch regulars, Daddy for Porter. Thank you for always being here. And it sort of ties into where I was going to go next. Um, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, we all know uh, Khalil Mack. We all know Akeem Hicks. We all know uh, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, even Jalen Johnson, the star young guy at corner. 
but not a lot of name recognition beyond that. So actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag on to Daddy for Porter's question here. Is this year's Bears defense as ball hawkish as turnover, uh, you know, in the the peanut mm-hmm. punch days as they have been in the past? And who are who is somebody outside of the names that we all know as Browns fans that we should maybe not be surprised if we hear his name called for the Bears defense a lot on Sunday? Well, as far as you know, as far as them being takeaway prone, no. I mean, it, it last week was really it was shocking. <laughs> You know, it's like they, they didn't have a single takeaway in week one. And a lot of last year, they kind of went on the, you know, the takeaway drought. I mean, under Chuck Pagano, I mean, they just simply didn't have a lot of turnovers, you know. So, and obviously they have a new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai, who is trying to go back to more of the Vic Fangio principles. And it's been a mixed bag, obviously. I mean, the first week they get blown out on the road on national television, which seems like it happens every single time that they play on national television lately. And then they come out against the Bengals, and a lot of fans are like, well, you know, this is going to be the week that everything just falls apart again. And it's like, I don't know. You know, it's still – it's it, it, the, the Bengals have a lot of talent offensively, but it's a lot of young talent. It's a lot of inexperienced talent. Right. They have a lot of line issues. And that's – I think that's the biggest thing for the Bears right now. In order for them to cause takeaways in the secondary, uh, they've got to have pressure on the front seven. I mean, they've got – man, it's crazy. They have seven different players right now defensively that are being paid $2 million or more on their defense right now. I mean, just to kind of give you an idea, and that's not even counting some of the guys that have backloaded deals. I mean, that's just counting cap hits this year alone. So, yeah, it's a lot of it is dependent on, you know, the the front getting pressure. Uh, In terms of ball hawks, I mean, really, Eddie Jackson has been more of a name than he's actually been a producer the last two years. Now, he was a little bit better last week. He was putrid week one, man. That's one of the things is when he's not making plays on the ball – he's usually not a very good tackler. And that's been one of the things that a lot of fans and a lot of people in general have kind of noticed with him. He had a pretty good week last week. Uh, as far as name value goes, um, you know, I, it's kind of one of those things where Jalen Johnson's kind of popped up. You know, he, he was somebody that a lot of Bears fans had circled going into this year, not only because they thought he was going to take a step, but the Bears absolutely need him to take a step. I mean, right. if you think of their cornerback situation from this year to last year, you know, Kyle Fuller's gone. Buster Screen, who wasn't the greatest player in the world, still reliable. Yeah. Nick's gone. Yeah. You know, and all yeah. of a sudden, <laughs> Jalen Johnson, who had moments last year where he looked really good, towards the end of his rookie year, didn't look as good, and then missed the last few weeks of the season uh, with an, with a shoulder injury, which is exactly what he struggled with in college. Right, so he stepped up. He has looked fantastic this year. Uh, outside of him, um, Kendall Vildor has been a mixed bag, I and mean, he had a decent game up until the last like five minutes of the game and he gave up two touchdowns and was like oh there's there's the Kendall Vildor that we're all used to uh nickel corner has been a disaster uh I, I cannot state that enough um they've had a lot of issues getting off the field on third down anytime they've had issues getting off the field on third down they've always attacked the nickel over the middle of the field so that's exactly something I look for the Browns to be able to do this weekend because that's something that has been a huge weakness for the Bears whether it's Marquis Christian, whether it's Duke Shelley, they've been having a ton of issues. Deshaun Gibson is who he is. I mean, you guys are familiar with him as well. I know it's been a little bit since he's been in Cleveland. But the one name that really kind of has, has stood out to me so far um, has been Bilal Nichols. Bilal Nichols is a guy, you know, a lot of people talk about Akeem Hicks. And don't get me wrong, Akeem Hicks has been a fantastic player for the Bears. Not Probably not the quality of player that he used to be, but he's been a dang good player for the Bears. It's going on the last year of his deal. The Bears basically at one point this offseason said, hey, man, you know, if you want to seek out a trade, we're probably not going to extend you. Go ahead and seek out a trade. You know, he, he did. Nothing happened. And then all of a sudden the, the the focus has kind of changed from, well, you know, I want a new deal to, 
I want to retire a bear for life. But I think the reality of it is, is the Bears have a very, very expensive defensive front right now. When you're looking at their front seven, right. Leo Mack making a ton of money, Robert Quinn making a ton of money, Andy mm. Goldman making a ton of money, Hicks making a ton of money, and they just they can't afford all this, right? So the one guy that really needs to step up for them and the one guy that a lot of people are expecting to get an extension is going to be Bilal Nichols. And he's another basically a five-tech. He's a guy who played some nose tackle for them last year. He's not big enough to play nose tackle. That's not what he's meant for. But as a five-tech, even as a three-tech, he's been really, really good. He's been probably the unsung hero of their defense and why they let Roy Robertson Harris walk earlier uh, right. in the offseason. So he's probably the one name that I would definitely keep an eye on. Uh, Angelo Blackson on the defensive line has been another one. In terms of the secondary, they just don't have – they don't have any depth, man. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. They just – they let so many guys go. They kind of pulled that 2020 uh, Minnesota Vikings where they let a lot of their starters go and they kind of relied on some of the guys that they've drafted. Some of it's worked. Some of it hasn't. Um, so I don't really think there's going to be any surprises there. But, I mean, their defensive front's really good. It, it really is. But it's just a matter of, you know, and that's kind of the concern that I have moving into this game for the Bears is – they looked really good last week. They had five sacks, and it, it was four at one point. Now it's five because Robert Quinn ended up getting another sack right. on, on the uh, actually on the taunting play that he had or the roughing play. I can't remember what it, what it was some stupid penalty. Um, but you know we've kind of seen Jekyll and Hyde again. I keep referencing week one to week two. Right? We saw five sacks in week two. We saw one. I think it was one sack in week one. Once, yeah, it was one sack because it was a half a sack for uh, Hakeem Hicks and a half a sack for Robert Quinn. Um, and obviously again, man, I, I keep saying it, you know, and it's like the, the Browns have a really good offensive line. It, it's just this, the, the matchup for the bears, there's not a lot of favors for them right now. Right. No. That's going to be a big test for this defense. Right. And those are the kind of guys that are going to have to step up for them. They'll have Mario Edwards jr. Back as well, but he's coming off a two game suspension. Uh, so I would expect him to be worked back in slowly, but Bilal Nichols is probably one guy in the interior that I'd keep an eye on this week. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because uh, looking at it, you know, from the Brown side and trying to, to learn as much as I can about the Bears in just a couple of days, but obviously I don't know them, you know, on the depth uh, that you do. It looked to me like if the offensive line can hold up and, you know, the Browns have one of, if not the best offensive line in the entire NFL, if they can hold up, the, the secondary looked like a place that they should be able to pick on with all of their weapons, especially Odell. It looks like he's coming back. If he is anywhere near Odell, if he is that guy, he could have a big day, especially running up the seam. And David Njoku's a terror over the middle. Uh, Demetric Felton is going to get some reps in the slot with Jarvis out, all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to switch back. Uh, you mentioned uh, week one, uh, the game plan. You said the, the game plan against the Rams was interesting, was what you said. And you said it in a sarcastic manner. <laughs> In, in a way that I, I feel like it really wasn't that interesting. Uh, you know, I, just a tiny little thing that I picked yeah. up. Yeah, you do uh, about that. And that's the only uh, film that I could get on David Montgomery. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show some David Montgomery stuff here. But as far as what you see coming into Cleveland, what would the game – like if it was going to work out that the Bears were going to come in and pull up the upset, what is the game plan that you think they should run? Is it is it heavy RPO stuff? Is it featuring Montgomery with 28 carries? Is it – you know, what is it? What What's the game plan as we watch a little David Montgomery against the Rams here? Well, David Montgomery has got to be involved in the game plan in general, right? And this is something that has been an issue in Matt Nagy's offense for a while. And I call it interesting because I've just run out of different expletives <laughs> to call it at this point. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's been this constant battle for Bears fans where it's like, how is this an Andy Reid offense? 
Falcons. How how is this? How does this translate to the same thing that we watched the, the Kansas City Chiefs do on a weekly basis? I mean, you guys saw them in Week One. I mean, and you're going to see yeah. the offense this weekend, and nothing alike. And obviously, personnel has something to do with it. But the biggest issue that Matt Nagy's had the entire time that he's been a play caller, which was the eight games that he called with you know in Kansas City his last year before he took the Bears job and with the Bears is he's never consistently been able to commit to the run. And it's like you point out this game with the Rams here, and it's like David Montgomery had a monster game, right? And he yeah. still he ended up having – I'd have to go back and look. He had less than 20 carries. And I know a lot of people say, yeah, you abandoned the run. I don't really think so. It's, it's, it's pretty hard to consistently run the ball, I guess, unless you're the Browns and you have, you know, two great running backs. But it's usually pretty dang hard to, to consistently run the ball when you're fighting from behind the entire night and you can't actually get the ball in the end zone. I, I think the the overall game plan for them to be moving forward is going to be obviously, you know, David Montgomery's got to be involved. I, I think he needs to be a 20 carry, uh, you know, 20 carrier a week kind of guy. Uh, but I think also one of the biggest keys for them offensively right now is they got to stretch the field. It's crazy because they've had 14 drives where they've gotten into opponent territory and or started in opponent territory, which I think has been like three of those. They got 14 drives, right? Guess how many offensive points they have? Not points in, in general, but just offensive points. They got 27 offensive points through two games right now. That's nice. And they, they've been over <sighs> midfield for 14 of those drives. So that just kind of gives you an idea. Ooh. They're not they, they can't get the ball in the end zone. And if it's not one thing, it's another. If guys aren't making plays or if they're not making catches, Justin Fields goes off and he, you know, is I think it was a I think it was a second and goal from the nine yard line. Design quarterback run. All they need is a block from Jimmy Graham, the guy making you know seven million dollars this year that they decided to keep for God knows why, and you know all of a sudden he can't even make a block. It's just been little things like that, and this is but this has been the same exact thing for the Bears. So I think really a big key for them. That's been another big difference between Week One and Week Two is the fact that they were able to go downfield more last week. Is they have to be able to challenge vertically, and I think that that's something that they're going to have to make a big point of is keeping David Montgomery involved in the game, obviously running the ball. They've been pretty successful running the ball, although this is going to be a challenge for them this week. Uh, you know, And then also, again, getting more vertical. And I think that that's something that they should be able to do at least better than they did against the Rams. Uh, but a lot of that's going to come down to using the right weapons. You know, A lot of Bears fans have been obsessed with the speed that they added this offseason with Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. And it's like, well, you know, I guess Rashad Perryman as well. But it's like those guys are bottom-of-the-end roster guys, right? You need – Guys like Darnell Mooney to step up. Allen Robinson actually needs to start being involved more in the game plan. And I think one of the other big things that Matt Nagy pointed this out this week that's going to be another big deal is getting their their tight ends involved. They have Cole Komet, who's a former second-round pick last year. They got Jimmy Graham, who's not the same player, but he's also really good in the red zone. Those are the two guys that they got to get involved with. So, I mean, really, you can kind of pick anything that you want at this point, but I think it all revolves around – one controlling the clock because I, for as impressed as I was with the Bears defense last week, I think they're going to struggle a lot more this week. I'm like probably not as bad as they did against the Rams, just because I don't really think anything could top that. Uh, but I do think that they're going to struggle this week, so they're going to need to be able to control the ball, running the ball. Uh, but also, I mean, this whole dink and dunk thing that they were doing with Andy Dalton just not going to work. So I think they're going to have to find a way to get vertical and they're going to get the tight end involved if they want any chance of even – I don't even know if I'd say winning the game, sticking sticking in the game and, and making it a close game. Uh, you mentioned uh, two guys that I wanted to specifically ask about, and then I know Andy has a question. Uh, Allen Robinson, we all know what he can be. Everybody, oh, I mean, even the most, most underrated receiver in the NFL. I said it. I said it. He can be fantastic. Um, is it a situation with him where they're just saying, okay, we're taking him away 
opposing defenses, beat us with the other guys. And the other guy I wanted to ask about, I saw on the injury report today was Darnell Mooney, who was a guy I really liked during his draft cycle. Uh, he was listed with a groin, and for a guy whose speed is part of his game, a big part of his game, not the only, but a big part of his game, uh, Wednesday injury reports, we all know they can be, okay, this guy's just a little sore, so we're going to include him. Uh, is it is it more like that with Mooney, or do you think it's actually something that might affect his game come Sunday? So with Mooney, he's actually been on the injury report every day of all, all three weeks of the injury report that's happened so far with the same groin thing. Right. So the Bears have been really conservative uh, over the last few years with Matt Nagy, really since 2018 when they kind of rushed a few guys back and they ended up missing more time because of it. They've been very conservative about basically just putting anybody and everybody on the injury report. So, no, that's not going to be anything that will affect him. This has been something that he's kind of been battling with a little bit, uh, even throughout, like, training camp. He really didn't play that much in the preseason, but it's nothing that's really going to limit him. As far as Allen Robinson goes, uh, you know, I, I wish I knew what was going on. You know, it's it, this whole situation ranging back to the beginning of last season when Allen Robinson actually vocally came out and said, I want a new deal. And the Bears were like, eh, we'll, we'll wait. You know, it's like, well, you, you waited already and you went from probably getting a guy at $18 million a year before Amari Cooper signed his deal to now a guy that's going to be asking for $20-plus million a right. year. And it's like, okay, well, you already messed this up. Don't mess it up even more. What do they do? They tag him in the offseason. You know, he right. talked. And to be fair, he, you know, he talked a pretty big game about how he wasn't going to sign it. and You know, basically all the stuff was coming out. He wasn't going to report to camp. And then all of a sudden he saw how the receiver market played out. And Kenny Galladay was the only guy there. The Bears actually brought in Kenny Galladay for a visit. And he signed that thing quicker than I've ever seen anybody sign a franchise tag before. That was pretty impressive. But so far, um, Allen Robinson has been off to a slow start. And it's, it's somewhat interesting just because – even from a snap count perspective, Darnell Mooney's actually leading in both mm. weeks. He's led the teams in snaps in terms of receivers. So I, I know that the Bears want to be able to involve him more, involve Darnell Mooney more offensively. I mean, he's literally, and I kid you not, he's literally the only receiver that they have under contract for 2022 right now. Uh, I don't personally think that Allen Robinson is in their plans beyond this year. I think this was more of like a safety net kind of, you know, situation where they were wanting to put as much, and I put this in quotations, offensive talent as they could uh, to surround whoever it was going to be at quarterback. The whole quarterback situation was a mess during the offseason too, and just in terms of how they, you know, got to where they're at. But it's also worth noting, uh, Allen Robinson's first two weeks of the season last year were pretty rough, and he ended up having a pretty good year. So I think that this is probably going to be a telling week. I think the big thing with him is he actually is tied for the you know, tied for the team lead in targets right now. The problem is, is he's just not making a lot of plays. And that's kind of the concerning thing. We saw the same thing from him last year a little bit where he's losing on way more 50-50 balls than I've ever seen him lose on. He did the same thing last year. I mean, there were multiple times last year where he either – just got out physical for the ball and the ball got knocked away or uh, corners were like actually ripping the ball out of his hands and intercepting it, which is really something you never see from him. And we saw the same thing this last week where there was a play um, in the end zone where, in my opinion, he should have come down with it. Maybe Fields threw it a little bit too inside and probably should have put it on the back shoulder. But at the same time, it was a play that he should have made. He got bullied by Chidobi Wouzier, the guy's four inches shorter than he is. So those are the kind of plays where you look at it and it's like, okay, you want to see Allen Robinson more involved and you feel like he's not that involved, but then you look at it and it's like, well, he's still tied for the team leading target. So 
I think this week is going to be big for him just in terms of – I know there's some frustration there. I mean, there's got to be some frustration there. He's one of the sure. – like you guys pointed out, he's one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, this guy – if he says, I want $20 million a year, you give him $20 million a year and you move on. He's been their best offensive player for a very putrid Bears offense this, this, the, the entire three-plus years that he's been here. Um, like I said, though, I, I think that this is going to be a big week for him. I do think that they are going to get him going, and I, and I feel like more than anything right now, it, it feels more reactive to say that he's not involved with the offense because, like I said, if you really look at the numbers uh, for the most part, he's been as involved as anybody. I think – the, the bigger onus is going to be on him to start making plays. And, you know, there may be a whole bit of adjustment period. I mean, I don't mean to say, you know, sound sarcastic or be funny by saying this, but there may be a little bit of an adjustment period with him not actually having to make these circus catches, you know, all these, because the one ball that he dropped yeah. in the, end, the ball was perfectly placed to him. He's never played with a good quarterback. That's what a lot of people don't realize. True. He's had Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, Case Daniel, Andy Dalton. Come on, you know. So we'll see. It's not to say that that Justin Fields is the world's greatest quarterback right. yet, or whatever it may be. But the one thing I have noticed about Justin Fields is usually when there's incompletions, he's not missing by much. There's not going to be a lot of bad balls thrown from him. So Allen Robinson's just going to have to get used to actually functioning like you know Devonte Adams or a normal receiver that has a good quarterback that can actually get him the ball. Well, I've got uh, uh, two more questions for you, but I know Andy's been waiting on one. Sure. So Andy, you go ahead, well, I and just, then uh, I, got a, yeah. I got a couple quick ones, and then we'll get you out of here. Yeah, and I got to address this. I did not agree to this. I, 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 I did not agree to this. No, no, no. Amy, who is a diehard Buckeyes fan and Bears <laughs> fan. What's going on, Amy? I did not agree to that. Come on now. Um, real quick, back, back, back to Matt Nagy, uh, Aaron. Uh, you know, he came out of the gates 12-4, and four, and uh, – and season one as the Bears head coach, and then rattled off two eight and eight seasons since. Where where you have your thumb on the pulse of Bears fans? You grew up one yourself. Where are the Bears fan base with Matt Nagy? Because you know, as a Browns fan, my entire life we had we've got to argue over firing coaches and replacing coaches, and for the last two decades that we've been this is putrid in the NFL. Where where are the Bears fans at with Matt Nagy? Well, it's funny because we're really not that different. I mean, yeah. really, like if you, yeah. if you look at the last 10 or so years, yeah. it really hasn't been that much different for the Bears and the Browns. They've both been fighting for the same thing, you know, in terms of the quarterback, figuring out the coach. You know, the the, <laughs> the greatest thing about, you know, Bears fans and, and Bears Twitter especially is there can never just be one thing that everybody universally agrees on. I think Justin Fields is probably the closest thing at this point. Sure. Maggie's no different, man. It's, it's crazy. And that's, I think the big thing with Matt Nagy is I think as a head coach, Matt Nagy's actually a pretty good head coach. I mean, there are moments, you know, clock management, stuff like that, where you can like, Oh, you know, it can improve his biggest issue, which is also a big part of his identity is him as an offensive play caller. And that's something that he hasn't been willing to give up. And I think that's something that's really hampered him. So you have a very, very big divide within bears fans right now where a lot, some people can break it down. And I feel like I'm one of those people who can break it down and say, Matt Nagy, the coach is a pretty good head coach. Matt Nagy, the offensive play caller is not good at all. So you kind of have to figure out where you're at in that mix. I'm in the mix of if he can't make it work with Justin Fields this year, he's gone. You know, it's one of those things where, yes, he's he's been, you know, in terms of like you look at coach coaches over the first three years of their career. I mean, he's got one of the best records over the first three years. You know, I get all that. But at the same time, 
you know, he talked this big game with Trubisky and about how, you know, Trubisky was one of his favorite draft, you know, the quarterbacks in the draft and so on and so forth. And he comes in and 2018 wasn't too bad and everything just went downhill. And I think that's the biggest thing with Matt Nagy, the play caller, and is the fact that he just, he, it's, he doesn't formulate his scheme around his players. It's basically, he formulates his players around his scheme, if that makes sense. Like if, if, Mm -hmm. Like Anthony Miller is a prime example of that. Anthony, and granted, Anthony Miller yes. has really stupid plays, but it's like True. you draft a guy, you not even not even just draft a guy in the second round. You trade up, you trade a you know a future second round pick and your fourth round pick from that year to trade up to get a guy Woo! Anthony Miller, and he doesn't even make it into the into the final year of his deal without getting dealt. And that's kind of the thing is they they continue to do this where they're like, well, you don't fit. So instead of, you know, figuring out how we're going to make you work, you just don't fit. So we're going to phase you out of the offense and then we're going to trade you or we're going to cut you, whatever it may be. And I think that's been one of Matt Nagy's biggest issues. And I think that's where a lot of Bears fans right now are kind of like, okay, I, you know, it, uh, there's you're either on the fire Matt Nagy train or you're kind of in the let's wait and see how things go this year. I, what I will say is I don't think a lot of people are focused on the record. I think everybody right now is focused on this quarterback situation and how right. Justin, Justin Fields looks like Trubisky at the end of the season. There is going to be a ride at Alice Hall. I'll just put it that way. But if <laughs> We've Justin, been there. Yeah, We've been yeah, there, man. <laughs> so, But if he looks good, then I think a lot of people are going to start cutting him some slack. It's just, it's just a complicated situation because of how, sure. how much of a pain in the butt he is. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Steve. Well, that sort of uh, leads into uh, uh, my one of my two questions. I'm going to ask you for two predictions. One of them, uh, you just said what you how you feel, but I want you to make a prediction. Uh, do Nagy and Pace survive this season? Uh, are they back next year? And uh, my second is uh, give us a prediction for Sunday. What do you think is going to happen? We've, we've broken it down. We've talked about what could happen, what both teams need to do. What do you think is going to happen Sunday in First Energy Stadium? And then we'll we'll thank you for you've been tremendous with your time. So we'll thank awesome you and we'll stuff, get you Aaron. out of here. Yeah, seriously. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. So I, I think as far as oh, let's see. So my prediction on Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy is, and I'm going to stick with this until something goes one way or the other. I think they're going to finish seven to ten, and I think that is going to be middling enough to be able to keep them around. And I think the thing that they're going to be able to do is, I think, as long as Fields, and I, that's the thing is. I know a lot of people put all this focus into when a quarterback's actually ready to start. I mean, I think to a certain extent that matters, but I also think you either have it or you don't, right? I mean, let's just be honest here. I mean, you guys have seen it too. It's like, would Deshaun Kaiser magically be a great quarterback if he just sat two years? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think so. You know, I think really what it came down to, and don't get me wrong, I was high on Deshaun Kaiser. I actually had Deshaun Kaiser as a first-round pick that year. It's all mental. And that's a thing that we can't evaluate even as, you know, even as fans, we can watch as, as much as we want, and we don't know, we don't have a beat on those guys, right? Have so, the physical tools. There's exactly, no and, that's, and that's really what it comes down to. But I think that Justin Fields is that dude. Like, I think he is that. He is yeah. absolutely – he's got the right mentality. I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's going to be a good quarterback regardless. Um, I agree. That's what I felt about the Bears quarterback situation probably in my lifetime because I was never really a big Jay Cutler fan uh, even before they got him. But – yeah, so I think that's gonna. I, I think that they're gonna be able to do just enough uh, to be able to to be able to keep their jobs and kind of sell one more year. Whether or not that's gonna fly too well, base we'll see. But they pretty much spit in everybody's face this last offseason too, and just said, "Ah, well, we just, you know we we made enough progress, even though they went eight and eight, got you know blown out in the playoffs." As far as my game prediction, um, this is a game that I've had circled on the Bears' schedule essentially the entire year is the game that they're just not going to win. 
So I'm definitely going to stay with that prediction. Uh, I think, you know, and I'm sure you guys probably feel the same way. The Browns should be 2-0 right now. Um, I I, I feel like, and I I told my girlfriend the same thing right after the game happened. It's, I think it was one of those situations for the Browns where a little bit more of an experienced team, maybe in 2022, that's a game that the Browns absolutely win. They don't make those final two mistakes, you know, Gilliam dropping the punt and then Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, throwing that interception, getting tripped up like that. I don't think that happens. I think they win the game. I think the Browns are a really good team. I'm not just saying that because I'm on here. Like I said, I've, I've seen, I've seen more than enough of the Browns to know that they're a good team. Uh, And while I'm more optimistic about the Bears season, I'm more optimistic about the Bears season because I finally get to see, you know, what we've all been waiting for. Right. Still rookie quarterback making his first start on the road. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I think the most optimistic thing that I could say about this game is my score prediction. I'm going to go 27-20. I think, you know, I I know the Lions, what, seven and a half right now. I think the Bears will find a way to keep it close because I think their defense is better than what they played in week one, but not as good as what they played in week two. But again, a lot of the questions right now come down offensively. And I think while the Bears will be able to probably maneuver a few more points out of what they've been doing or what, you know, what they should be doing versus what they have been doing. Again, man, it's still, it's still Justin Fields against a really talented team. And I think the Browns, you know, I don't know. I I think the Browns are in one of those positions right now where I think the perception would be a little bit different on them had they held on to that game. I think they're a hell of a lot better than one and one. And I think when we look back here and, you know, at least when Bears fans look back here in probably, I don't know, seven, eight weeks, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be like, wow, the Browns are really one of the best teams in, in the NFL. Well, uh, you've been tremendous with your time. It's been a fantastic uh, interview. I love talking to you. I love interacting with you on Twitter. Uh, tell everybody uh, that's watching, where can they find you? Uh, where can they read your stuff? Uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, go ahead. Pimp away, my friend. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, so I mean, pretty much, I, I honestly, I mean, as you know, I do the majority of my work on Twitter. You can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL. Um, and I also write for thebearreport.com, which is a uh, part of CBS Sports, and then also Wendy City Gridiron, which is a part of uh, SB Nation. Don't really do anything special, man. I just kind of do the same thing week in and week out, you know, mailbags, uh, you know, kind of my takes on the game, kind of a preview of the, the next game, stuff like that. So nothing, nothing too crazy. I really just write because I enjoy doing it, and it's a way, you know, it's just a way for me to be able to get football talk out. So, again, really appreciate you guys having me on. Hopefully I didn't talk too much and, and blow past your guys' oh, timeline. I don't, I don't have a clock in front of me here, so hopefully I didn't, you know, kill you guys' time too much. No, fantastic stuff, Aaron. Thank you Absolutely. so much for joining us. Really Thanks enjoyed so much, it. Aaron. I'll talk to you again uh, uh, on Twitter as we always okay. do. I appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks again for having me on. You guys have a good night. You too. Aaron Lemming, everybody. Uh, from wow, the great report, stuff. From Windy City Gridiron. Um, Great stuff, for the, Aaron. Except for the light behind his head, it was a fantastic interview. <laughs> I like how someone in the chat said, "Is he an angel? Is this guy an angel?" <laughs> but yeah, it, like I said when I brought him on, you guys, uh, Aaron does tremendous work. Um, yeah, he's obviously mostly about the Bears, but he does write about you know other teams when they're playing the yeah. Bears, and, and he's connected around the NFL, so he gets stuff that's not just Bears related. If you want to expand your scope a little bit of knowledge, sure. he's a tremendous follow, Aaron Lemming, NFL. Yeah, good guy uh, too. Can tell there. He super, was a, super guy. Uh, well, I, I know what most everybody is excited about in the chat right now. We're what two minutes away? Yeah, uh, from giving away a couple pair of tickets. So why don't you go ahead, Andy? Uh, take over. Sure. You'll be Let doing me- it. Yeah, no problem. Let me get some shout outs out real quick. Couch Potato, Warden's Woman. Thank you for the follow. Brainer, let's see. Brainer, Brainer Loon. Thank you for the Prime sub. 
I'm sorry, guys. I've been reading these in a very small area. And Chris, thank you for the follow. Pedro, thank you for the follow. Uh, Kate Kenyon, thank you for the follow and the Twitch Prime sub as well. Jay Wurstler, thank you for the follow. Me, thank you for the follow. I think that's how that's pronounced. Uh, the man, that man, thank you for the follow as well. Thank you guys for all those follows and prime subs. Y'all are very much appreciated. Um, yeah, the time we're waiting for. So, guys, we're giving away two tickets to not one, but two Browns games here in two minutes. Um, it's going to be the Game this week uh, that we were just talking about with Aaron Lemming, the Browns versus the Bears at First Energy Stadium. We're going to give away two tickets to that and then also two tickets to the Browns road game at Minnesota where they go up against the Vikings. And it's going to be a little reunion for our favorite coach, Kevin Stefanski. So that's going to be a fun matchup for sure. Uh, first winner that we draw, we're going to give you the choice. Uh, you can have the tickets to the Bears game at First Energy or if you're closer to Minnesota or you want to travel to Minnesota, um, you can definitely uh, pick that game as well. So, And then that we'll draw another name after that, and obviously that person will just get two free tickets to one of those games, whoever the first winner did not choose. Uh, dude, again, Aaron, Aaron was great, dude. Great, great get, Steve. That was all you. Very well done, my friend. He was, he was very fun to talk to, very knowledgeable, pros, pro, dude. Talented, talented dude, man. Seriously. He really is. He's, he's yeah. a good guy. Um, and I fa- it's funny because we've talked for years and he lives, he grew up in uh, Southern California where I live okay. now and now lives in Chicago, just several blocks from my apartment at Addison and Damon, where I, where I lived when I met my wife uh, all those many years ago. And his girlfriend now, I just found out, grew up like a mile and a half from my current house. I, I just found that out. So it's one of those freaky things that we just found out. Uh, and to answer your question here, uh, Yoda Best, uh, you the best, uh, 77 or, uh, Buinka. You probably pronounce that Buinka, right? I'm just going to, I think it's Buinka. Yoda best. I think he's a star Wars or they are star Wars fans. I it think could I could, be. or it could uh, be Yoda best. I, and yeah, you know what? They're your tickets yeah. if you win them. So you can do whatever you want with them. We hope I, that whoever wins them, enjoys them yourself. Well, that's We're trying to, you know, uh, reward our, uh, OBR community and our Twitch faithful for that. But once yeah. they're yours, they're yours and, to do with whatever you and want. And look at daddy for Porter. He, he was our, he was That's our right. first, they were our first winner and they, he sent, they sent pictures, uh, Greg sent pictures and everything of the, of the people that he gave the tickets to. So yeah, absolutely. You can get the tickets. Absolutely. So let's, uh, you guys ready for this? Well, I say, I think, I think we're ready. We're a minute past. So we have given you guys uh, more than enough. You want to do like a 10 second countdown? Here? Yeah. 10, 10 seconds left. Uh, yes. You can see it right on the bottom there. Exclamation point ticket. If you put yes. that in, you will be entered into both of the, uh, the giveaways. So uh, your last chance here, not tickets. Tickets. Yes. Ticket. Plural. Point ticket. All right. I think we are good. I think we're good. All right, good. close it out. I'm closing the giveaway. Give, giveaway is closed. It is closed. You can no longer enter the giveaway. All right, so we're going to draw a first winner. And the first, the whoever wins this first one, your choice. Bears or Vikings game, your choice. Let's go. E-dog Dog for life. E-Dog for life. Are you in the chat, my friend? That's the other thing. You have to be here. You have to be watching. If he's not here, yes. we're going to move on. So E-Dog e- for life. If you are here, let us know in the chat. You've been, you're the first winner. We'll give you a couple minutes because we'll give you about a minute or two. And then, uh, 
You got to claim these tickets because we got to know which ones you're picking before we draw again. Right. When we did make it clear, you had to be here. So hopefully, hopefully E-Dog for life. Oh, there he is. There he is. E-Dog, do you want the Bears, the Bears game or the Vikings game, my friend? It's your choice. Bears or Vikings? We're giving away tickets to each game. You Would you like the Bears or the Vikings? Now everybody's being so nice and saying congratulations. I'm, we're not. We're gonna miss it. <laughs> we're gonna miss which one. I know. For life, just let us know which game you want. Yeah. Uh, and but for both of our winners here tonight, you want the Bears. Bears game. Okay. He wants the Bears game. So the next next one will be. So you won the two tickets to First Energy Stadium this upcoming Sunday. Brown, our beloved Cleveland Browns are taking on the Chicago Bears. Dub Bears. Next winner. We're going to be giving away two tickets to the road game in Minnesota. Um, if you can't attend, like they just asked, you can give them to a friend. If you have a family member, it may be local, uh, something, whatever, you you know, if, if, if you want them, you can attend. You, it's easy for you to give them away. Sure. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's draw another winner. Let's see. D. Whalen. Oh, David. Yes. Frequent uh, chatters and gifters and uh, ch bit cheers and uh, everything else. D. Whalen, uh, 927, you're always in here. We appreciate you yep. uh, for always being a big part of it. Uh, you have tickets to go see the Browns play the Purple People Eaters up in Minneapolis. So they are all yours to do with what you want. For both of you, let me say this, uh, E-Dog for Life and D. Whalen, Here's how it works. We do not have paper tickets anymore. As most of you probably know, the Browns have gone all digital. So we can't like mail you a, a pair of tickets or, or meet up and hand them to you or anything like that. It's all digital. So what I need you to do, you see my Twitter right there at Browns mock draft, go follow me. If you don't already uh, either send me a DM or, or tweet at me, just say, Hey, I won the tickets. We'll hook up in the, in the DMS. Uh, there's a very simple two or three steps you have to go through so that I can then transfer them to you on the Cleveland Browns app. It's very easy to do. Uh, I just need to tell you how to do it. So uh, both of you guys just find me on Twitter right there at Browns Mock Draft uh, either tonight or tomorrow. And I will make sure that you have your tickets uh, as soon as I hear from you guys. Absolutely. Well, that was uh, man. That was a lot of fun. Great guests tonight, as always. Uh, fun show. Uh, appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with us. Um, I'm going to be on almost a two week hiatus. I appreciate all the, uh, well wishes on Twitter. Uh, uh I'm going to be moving to Lexington, Kentucky for a, uh, job for a video game developer that, uh, specializes in horror video games about horror movie franchises. And some of, you know, I'm a huge horror movie fan. I have a horror movie podcast, so it's a big move for me, and I'm going to be hitting the road after the Browns game on Sunday. 29-hour drive to Lexington, Kentucky from Vegas. Looking forward to finally getting there. But I will be back myself Tuesday, October 5th. I will be back probably right around then. But I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Congrats to our ticket winners. Thanks to Fred Greetham uh, for coming on and joining us. Thanks again to Aaron Lemming. And always, as always, Steve, you and Buenka, you guys rock. Love you guys. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow for um, uh, no. For, uh, I, I am not leaving. I am gonna be returned. I am taking a hiatus. I gotta drive across the country and move into my new place. He's got it there. No, I did just get a message from D Whale in there, uh, Charlie. He did claim the tickets, so I did just get a message from him. But I appreciate you guys very much. Um, thanks for all the kind words, and we will be 
back tomorrow with OBR Weekly at 7 o'clock. Our producer tonight, guys, Jake Burns was producing for us tonight. He says he's a sweet man. Jake, take us out of here. Appreciate you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern for OBR Weekly. Go Browns, baby. Woo-hoo.